All right, welcome everybody to another live stream. Your friendly fishmonger here, Dan from dancefish.com. Let's get this party started. Thank you, everyone that's gonna show up <laughs> for coming. Uh, glad you are gonna be here. <laughs> People should pile in here shortly. But anyway, um, it's been an awesome week here in Sheridan, Wyoming. We've got the spring thaw going on. So the three feet of snow in my yard is finally melted out enough that it's easy to get the car in and out of the garage, which is awesome. So I'm glad about that. Um, I wonder how the rest of the nation's doing, but it's been pretty nice here in Sheridan this week. We're supposed to get another storm though uh, in the next couple days. So I have a little more of that to look forward to, but it's getting better, getting better. Jamie, welcome. Glad you are here. So glad to see you here. First one in, Jamie McDonald. All right, other folks should pile in here pretty shortly. We'll just give them a minute to get in. Um, hey, HC, welcome. Glad to see ya. Um, so today we'll we'll chat. I want to see how everyone's breeding projects are doing. Um, tell you a little bit about how mine are doing. And then... Um, I posted a lot of videos this week because it's spring break, so I have time. And so I want to go over those species, see if there's any questions about any of those species that we, we posted. Jamie, we got 18 inches of snow in Massachusetts yesterday. <laughs> in one day. Man, that is a lot. Hey, Flynn, welcome. Glad you are here. Um, hey, Flynn, what's the weather like up there? I'm, I'm wondering. Here in Sheridan, it's warming up finally, but... We're due for another storm. I'm wondering what, what it's like up in your neck of the woods. Um, all right. Well, we've got enough people here that I'm going to start going here in just one sec. We'll just give it another minute for a couple other folks to, to maybe pile in. We've got five. thought we'd get a little more than that by now, but you never know, especially on a Wednesday. Aqua Apprentice, hello. Welcome. Glad you are here. All right. So, um, yeah, it's been a... A crazy busy week for me. I've I put out what four or five videos um, on every everything from gar uh, gars barbs to live bears to killies um, been all around. So uh, and I'll continue to do I think a video a day for most of this week. Friday I have to go to the airport to pick someone up. So Friday's probably out. But every other day this week I think I'll be able to get a video out every day, which is cool. Jamie. I was working to EMS in the city of Seven Hills. Yep. Yep. Cool. 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 Flynn, I think it's 10 today, but I was in Northern BC on the weekend visiting my uncle and it was negative 15 heavy snow. So maybe just warmer here. Yep. 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 Hopefully it warms up for you too. This is the first, uh, first week where it hasn't, where it's finally feeling like spring. So it's been awesome. And it just, I don't know. There's something about when the weather changes that my inner bear is like, okay, it's okay to get out of bed. It's okay to stop hibernating. <laughs> it's just a lot easier to get up and get going when it's springtime than when it's like the dead of winter. Meat man. Hey, pork slinger. Glad you are here. Good to see you. Um, so I also, I shipped a bunch of fish out today and it was, or not today, this week. And it was awesome because I shipped them all on Monday and by Tuesday, Every box had arrived, which is fantastic. Um, so every box arrived, all the fish were fine. It was, it was quick and easy this week on shipping. So I was really glad that it went well because you never know. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen once you give the package over to the carrier. But we did good this week. It was awesome. Um, hey, so um, I posted some videos about some of my favorite fish this week. One is the um, the humpback lima, limia, I guess. Yeah, I think that's right. Limia, limia, limia. I don't know. Can't say limia. You would offend the British, right? Ah, I can't do that. But um, it's an awesome little live bear. And I've got a ton of babies right now. So I'll have, right now I have uh, young adults for sale. But I'll also have, once those babies are of size, I'll be able to sell juveniles too, if people are interested in that, just to put it out there. Um, also, the super secret project I'm working on um, made some big leaps and bounds this week, so I'm pretty excited about that. I can't talk about it yet, but um, 
but I, I'm hoping to be able to soon. I think it'll be awesome. So um, uh, there's, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I'm going to say about it. But it's making progress, which makes me feel good. Um, anyway, how's everyone's fish doing? Everyone uh, doing good out there? Anyone breeding anything? Anyone get any new fish? Uh, yeah, just curious what everyone's got going on in their aquariums. Aqua Apprentice, how dare you tease us? I know, I know. I, I really wanted to tell everyone what it is, but I, I can't yet. But um, I'm excited about it, and uh, I'll be able to reveal it. Uh, I don't know when, but coming up soon. In the meantime, I'll just twirl my mustache and laugh maniacally. <laughs> Fishman, hey, good evening. Um, and another thing is I've been so busy that I haven't been able to see uh, what's going on in YouTube world uh, this week. So anyone let me know if any cool videos were released this week that I've just got to check out. Um, I've been just just a little too occupied. I'm a little behind. So I'm curious kind of where we're at with that. Um, so I'm curious out there um, if anyone got any new fish this week, let me know. I'm just curious what the hot fish are for this week. It seems like there's a trend, right? Anytime um, a video is released by any of the big YouTubers, big YouTubers, the big fish YouTubers, um, it seems like a trend is set. And then I've noticed though that uh, it doesn't last real long. It switches and bobs and weaves. So I'm just curious where we're at. Um, AC. I want mud skippers now. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's, how would you plan to set those up? Does anyone here keep mud skippers? I've never tried it. I did once work at a wholesaler that had mud skippers, but I, but I don't think they kept them very well. Um, I don't think they did a very good job. And I'm just curious how you would do that. Would you go for like really clear water in some kind of artificial hole that they can go hang out in in a land area or would you go with like mud <laughs> like beach <laughs> hc saw people hand feeding them yeah they are a cool fish for sure um and when when we had them at the wholesaler they were neat i just don't think we i i mean they were kept in a big vat full of water with like some floating styrofoam for them to get out on which is not ideal for sure and would never work long term so I'm just curious what the strategies are to keep mud skippers long term. They're a goby, um, which is kind of an interesting little factoid. They're actually a goby that, you know, evolved to, to go up on land and, and eat the algae and micro, microorganisms in the mud and kind of graze on that surface. They're really cool. I've just, I've just never um, seen them um, in a full setup. And I wonder what that would be like. Like, what would you use for substrate? Would it be like a fine sand? Or would you go for something like epoxy that you could clean off and keep really clean? Like, I, I don't know. I wonder how that would work. HC, someone has a tidal setup. Oh, man, that's awesome. Raise sand on one side. That would be fantastic. So you're going kind of saltwater side with that. I guess that makes sense. Going high tech. Meat man, just picked up some dwarf neon rainbows, clown loaches, blood fin, and rummy nose tetras at my LFS Monday. That's new. That's awesome. That sounds great. Dwarf neon rainbows are one of my favorites. Hardy, colorful, um, active, you know, kind of out there, not shy at all, and super easy to breed. They're fantastic. Um, all those fish sound great. Are you putting them all in one tank, Meat Man, or you, uh, or you, or do you have several setups you're dividing them into? Um, Aqua Apprentice went to the Central Florida Koi and Goldfish show this last weekend. Now I need a couple grand to get some koi. Yeah, and probably a couple extra ponds too, right? I imagine if you went to a show like that, it'd be hard to leave without, without being like, man, I need three new ponds. <laughs> what was the coolest thing you saw there? Was it koi or a goldfish? Like if you could pick one fish from that show, um, Aqua, that, that just blew your mind, what, what was what was it? What was the, the one that, that caught you the most? Lumpy Dog in the house. Well, Lumpy Dog, welcome to the house. How's it going, Lumpy? Glad you're here. Um, Ziffo just got two pairs of half black leopard guppies. Oh, that's cool. What's that? I'm going to look that up. Half black leopard guppies. Because I'm not sure exactly what that strain looks like. Oh, yeah, I do. Yep. 
Cool. Uh, yeah, I am familiar with that one. Um, do yours have like bright yellow on the tail or are they more kind of the, the white tail? Um, they're both awesome. Uh, HC, I recently picked up 14 goldfish direct from the breeder. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Man, goldfish... <laughs> it's it's a crapshoot when you buy goldfish from a store. Uh, it really is. You don't know the origin. You don't know the genetics, any of that. But if you can get them directly from the breeder, that sounds awesome. Um, it sounds fantastic. Ziffo, I keep a few species of geophagus and Ziphophorus, so sword tails, platys, just getting into guppies. What kinds of, uh, what kinds of, am I saying it right, Ziphophorus? Um, what kind of sword tails and platys do you have? Are they wild types? Are they domesticated types? Um, I like them all, but there's some pretty cool ones out there. Aqua, the best in show koi was amazing. Don't remember the type. It was all white with the red stripe pattern. The crazy thing was how big and fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's <laughs> They can... Yeah, most koi you see are kind of these long slender things, but every now and then you run into one that's just a, it's a football. Yep. Sergeant Tanks, what's up? Hey, welcome, Sergeant. Glad you're here. Meat man. No, the Tetris one in my 55 community and the rainbows and loaches one in some 20s I have for miscellaneous grow out. HC says that's a Kohaku koi. Oh, no, no. Kohaku swords? Hang on. Oh, picked up Kohaku's. HC Clarify, are you saying that you picked up um, Kohaku Goldfish? Um, is, or that that's a Kohaku Koi that Aqua is describing? Um, Ziffo, no wild types now. Always looking for wild varieties. Very oddest though. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some... There's I love the wild type swords and platies and stuff. I like the domestic strains too, but there's something about... Um, the pureness and just seeing how the animal is in the wild, it's pretty awesome. You don't have to worry about, you know, the genetics quite so much. Um, I'm not saying you want to inbreed them. I'm just saying you know what the what the babies are going to look like. Like I've got um, tequila sunrise guppies, and I never put the males and females together. As soon as they arrived, they, were, they, they come from a farm. Um, and as soon as they arrived, I put the females in one tank and the males in another tank just because I don't want the females getting chased. I want them to be able to grow big and fat. You know, I want them to be um, as healthy as possible. And those females throw about half yellow babies, like tequila sunrise babies, and half mutts. So the nice thing about the wild types is you always know what you're going to get. Um, aqua. The owner of that was some country lady, and all I could think is she probably raises koi and cows. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The big old uh, cow water ponds are probably full of koi, right? Yeah. So is that surf and turf, I guess? <laughs> surf and turf on the ranch? HC, Aqua Apprentice describing a Kohaku koi. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yep. Tilapia. Hello, Tilapia. How you doing? I am glad you're here. How's your setup going? Um, and did you get all those new tanks you got a few weeks ago set up? I remember you bought like a whole bunch of new tanks. So just curious if they're up and running. And if you, uh, also, do you just do tilapia or do you have like a side hobby of other tropical fish as well? Or is it like, no, all tilapia all the time? Um, just curious. HC, no problem. To, um, aqua. Lumpy Doug, my new long fin white clouds finally gave up and started eating. I guess they got hungry enough. They're, they're looking good. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. That's that's always a little scary when a, a fish goes off feed. Um, I, I've actually got a, a group of young rainbows right now that I raised up that I moved them to a 75-gallon tank to grow them out because they were bursting at the seams on the, on the smaller tank. Moved them to the 75 just a couple days ago, and they still haven't really started eating with vigor again. And until they do, I'm going to be on pins and needles. Um, I'm sure they will, but that's always nerve wracking for sure. Um, all right. Tilapia, a little not enough time in the day. 
I do it all, man. You got me into Killies. <laughs> all right, good, <laughs> good. Which Killies do you have? Uh, I know you have some local varieties that you that you caught, um, but just curious if you have any others. Man, I got to get more varieties of Killies too. I need to get. I mean, I got to at least get some Gardner Eye, right? You can't be a Killy guy without Gardner Eye. Got to do that. Meat Man, I just got a 150 and a 75. That sounds like a good time. And painted the backs black tonight. Once the paint dries, I'm going to make 150 my big boy tank and 75 my community tank. Super stoked. That sounds awesome, Meat Man. That sounds great. How are you going to set them up? Are you going for like a, you know, a show tank that's aquascaped or, or nice and decorated? Or are you going for like bare bottom, easy to do? What's your strategy there? And what do you mean by big boys in the 150? Do you have any species picked out for that? Um, curious what kind of monster fish you might be keeping. Fishman loves Killies. Yep. Yeah, you got it. Tilapia, you're going to Tampa next week to hit the farms. All right. Can't remember all the names. All right. Well, I'm, I can't wait to see, uh, what you end up getting. I've never, I've never kept a killie fish. I didn't like though. Um, even the drab ones, um, there's just something about them. I guess <laughs> once you, once you're a killifish geek, you just appreciate them all. HC at Meat Man. Yeah, show some videos, Meat Man, as you set them up. That, that's a great idea, HC. I'd love to see that. Sergeant, keep up the great work. Got to head out. All right, bye, Sergeant. Thanks for swinging by. Glad you were here. Um, all right. Well, we reached the bottom of the chat at 16 minutes. That is a record. Usually I'm like, oh man, it's an hour. I reached the bottom of the chat. <laughs> Time to close it out. But we, we'll keep going a little longer. Um, I can pick a topic and go on it for a bit if we need to. Um, Aqua Tilapia, when you're in my town of Tampa, you have to pay me a toll. I need at least 10 gallons. As, <laughs> I need at least a 10 gallon as payment. <laughs> All right, there you go. We got the uh, Aqua Mafia set up in Tampa. Time to pay up. Well, I think what I'll do, um, maybe since since stream is stopped a little or chat is stopping, um, I'm going to bring up a topic to talk about. And if folks want to talk about other things, that's fine. Post other things. We'll get back to them. But um, I want to talk a little bit about shipping fish. And the reason I want to do this is because every now and then I receive a package of fish that's just very poorly done. And it's, it's one thing, Sergeant Tanks gave me five bucks. No way. Thank you, Sergeant Tanks. I appreciate that. A little something for fish food and a wink and a smile. Sergeant, thank you. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. That is uh, super chat number seven for me, I believe. <laughs> that's great. Um, so, back to the um, shipping is I'll, I'll get um, every now and then a package that's just done really poorly. Let me give you an example. So I'll receive a package where the insulation is not rigid and it's winter time. And it's, um, it's like fiberglass insulation that like you would use in your walls, like the Pink Panther brand or something like that. And by the time it's gotten to me, that insulation, because it's soft, has is, is got all scrunched and moved and stuff. And there's big areas where it's not really insulating anything. Also, when you put a bag of fish on top of that soft insulation, it, it squishes it down and suddenly the insulating properties are gone because now it's resting right on pretty much the bottom of the box. So that's one example. Another example is I'll get bags that are really thin, um, like, like, two milliliters thick or something like that. And they'll be single bagged. And the problem with that is it's very hard to seal, to, to make sure that that bag is sturdy enough to withstand the, the rigors of shipping. And by the time it gets to me, often the inside of that box is a big wet mess, which if the fish live, great. But if they don't, mm. but the big problem with that, with the improper shipping, yes, it's horrible when animals suffer because they're shipped poorly. It's horrible when animals um, 
don't survive because they're shipped poorly and they could have survived if they were shipped correctly. But there's an even bigger topic, and this is what I want to talk about. Um, it's the carriers we use for shipping. So um, the big ones are the post office, right? FedEx and UPS. And the thing that, that terrifies me is when fish are sent poorly packaged and they leak and there's issues because there's water in the box, right? Then if, if that leaks out of the box, then it starts destroying the packages around it. And it starts, you know, damaging the carrier's equipment and their property. And I deal with um, reps from UPS and from FedEx. And those companies hate it when that happens. And, and the fear is that if, if we ship fish poorly, that eventually we're going to get to the point where the carriers are just like, we're not shipping fish anymore. We're done. Like you've damaged too much property and use and in shipping fish poorly has damaged so many of our other customers packages that we just can't do it it's bad for our business so that's the issue beyond the fish survival beyond um just making a customer happy a good customer experience and a good experience for the fish beyond that we have to start thinking about the carriers that are carrying these fish. And I think our default setting is to think, well, I'm the customer, so I'm right. Um, I'm the customer, so if things go poorly, I'm going to um, take, you know, make sure that FedEx or UPS or USPS, you know, give me a refund or treat me right, or, you know, I need to get from them what I deserve. And I understand that mentality. Um, it's natural. We paid for a service and um, we expect that to have been done. But the issue is that when we're a pain in their butts, and especially when we're a pain to the point that we start um, hampering their business and hurting their other customers' packages and things, then we really get ourselves in a position where I, I would just, what would happen if tomorrow FedEx says, okay, we're not shipping live fish anymore, no matter what, never, ever again, or UPS or, or the post office, right? So I just think that's something to think about. And I don't think we do. I think we think we're the customer, they're the service, so they, they owe us and we're gonna do this thing. And if it goes badly, you know, we're not going to think about the effect on the carrier. Um, and I would just encourage us to do that because after having certain conversations with like my, my UPS rep, um, they hate shipping fish because they hate it when a package of fish leaks and damages other packages or, you know, s drips all over the, the UPS guy or gal that's delivering the package or is just this wet smelly mess that they have to work with right so i just want to throw that out there um we talk about fish health a lot we talk about you know making sure the fish survive and all that a lot but i don't think we think about the carriers and um yeah i, I mean i like take coffee to the post office workers i'm like I do everything I can <laughs> to make them happy that I'm there. And I hope that that's going to pay dividends, you know, long-term um, with the relationship with them. But anyway, that's the rant. I'm going to stop now, but um, it's just something I feel like we have to think about if we're shipping fish. All right. I'm going to go up and see what I missed. Um, okay. So... HC Aqua, I have Spectralebius. Oh, how do you say that? Chacoensis killifish? Sadly, I lost the female though. Oh man. So it, the breeding project's over. Yeah, unless you can get more. Did you get them from like It Rains Fishes or, or something like that? That sounds like a species he would sell. Um, Spectralebius, those are an, I know that one. Spectralebius. Let me see if I know that uh, species, though. I know the genus. 
Chaco. Oh, Chacoensis. From Chaco. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, these guys. That's awesome. So they're almost like a Meyer's Eye or a Nigra Pinnis, but with extensions on the fins. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful little fish. Man, I'm sorry you lost the female. I hope you can find another one. Um, that is awesome. I hope you do. I hope you can breed them. Did you get any eggs before um, before the female passed? Man, I hope so. Um, thanks again to Jeremy, Sergeant Tank, for the, uh, for the awesome super chat. I really appreciate it, my friend. Doug. Hey, Dan. Glad I can join this, the stream tonight. Yeah, Doug, glad you're here. Lumpy. Dan's killing me. Now I want humpback limia. <laughs> Milano tam, molokai, clown barbs, and applicailus dei. <laughs> I don't have enough tanks. Uh, well, lumpy dog, you just got to get more tanks, right? That's that's always the solution. You don't need space for your computer on your desk. You can put a tank there, right? Do you really need a refrigerator, lumpy dog? I mean, think of all the space. You could do like a rack of 320s in that space. Come on, come on. <laughs> Bob, sorry that you're late. No problem. A Bob uh, is never late. A Bob um, arrives precisely when he means to. HC, same here at Lumpy Dog. Yeah, yeah, space is an issue. I'm so lucky that I have like a basement that I can do nothing but fill with tanks. And that's actually why we bought this house. We looked at lots of houses. This was here in Sheridan. Um, there's very few basements you can actually stand up in comfortably. Like I'd be hitting my head on support beams and all kinds of stuff. This was one of the few homes where the ceiling was high enough that I wouldn't hit my head and I knew I could put some racks of tanks in. So that's kind of why we bought the house. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best reason to buy a house. <laughs> that's how I did it. Um, tilapia. I use them all good weeks and bad weeks. Um, let's see here. I'm not sure uh, what that meant, and I don't see it scrolling, so I'm going to keep going. HC, Dance Fish, would you ship to Hawaii? Yeah, yeah, I do it all the time. Never had a problem shipping to Hawaii. Um, just, I mean, let's double check that they're on the, um, not restricted to Hawaii. That's the one thing. Hawaii has several restrictions. There's lots of species that they don't want there. Um, but yeah, I ship to Hawaii. Uh, never had a problem. Um, let's see here. Meat man, nothing special. I have a six month old Oscar. Okay. So for those just joining, meat man just got a 150 gallon aquarium. He's going to put some big fish in it. And these are what he's putting in Uh six month old Oscar, five different Severum, six silver dollars, a huge algae eater, huge bristle nose, and a, and in the 55 gravel and driftwood. Oh, that are now in a 55 with gravel and driftwood. Got it. So they're getting transferred to the 150. Oh, that's an upgrade. That's going to be awesome. I six clown loaches in my grow out tanks. Man, that sounds like an awesome tank. Nothing special. That's special, man. Oscars are awesome. There's not like a better pet fish out there. You can feed them. You can pet them. They'll jump in your hand. Oscars are great, man. That sounds, that sounds like a great tank. And Severums are beautiful. I don't care how common they are. Severums a nice full adult severum that's colored up. That's beautiful. Aqua Apprentice, I loved your packing fish video. I definitely want to use your method if I ever ship. Yeah, it's worked for me for a long time. Um, there's other methods too. Rubber bands are fine if you do it right, but just use a thick milliliter bag guys and double bag at least and have some absorbent material in the box too. That can help to absorb anything that might leak out. Um, yep. Um, meat man. So, so anyone that wants, um, if you're curious about how I ship, I have a, a video on the channel about it. Um, it covers my method pretty clearly. Um, and it's been working for me well for a lot of years. I do use a heat sealer, which is a little different, but the same principles are apply to a rubber band as well. Um, also I've tried breather bags over the years as a killie guy. Uh, we, we, use breather bags a lot in the killifish hobby, also in the live bearer hobby. And there's just something about them. What I do like about them is there's very little slosh because you don't have like an air pocket there. It's all, it's all water 
pure water. So it doesn't slosh around a lot like it would in a bag that's only halfway full of water. So that's the big plus. The con for me is they just feel so flimsy. And I'm in, I've often got shipments of breather bags where there's leaks. Um, I just feel like I just don't trust them. Uh, if I get a nice four milliliter bag and I can seal it up and double bag it, I can feel the firmness. <laughs> I can, I, I just, there's something mentally about trusting that that won't break. Whereas the breather bags, nice as they are, I just, I just never quite trust them. The time I do use breather bags is when I go to like uh, a killifish uh, club meeting or convention or party or something. And if I'm going to be bringing back lots of fish um, in a suitcase or something, then breather bags are awesome because you can fit a lot of little killifish in a pretty tight space using breather bags. So that's one way to do it. Um, anyway, a little tangent on shipping. Meat Man, my 55 community is heavily stocked, um, heavily planted, with rainbows, different tetras, etc. Okay, cool. So that's that's the community tank. Yeah, that sounds nice. Heavily planted. You can't go wrong with that. Um, just clear out the middle occasionally, right? And you'll be good to go. Tilapia. If they stop, I'm out of business. Um, oh yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Now you're talking about the shippers. Yeah, that's that's my concern too. Um, not just for business, but for the hobby. Uh, tilapia, I use them all, good weeks and bad weeks. Yeah, so I know what you're talking about. So Tilapia was talking about carriers um, in his comment, if they stop, I'm out of business. That That's the problem. Not only will people go out of business, but imagine this hobby if you can't get on Aquabid and order up a fish that you can't get locally, or if you can't call another fish club across the country and say, Hey, if you send me a box of fish for our club meeting, we'll send you a box of fish for your club meeting. You know, all those things. Yeah, if the, if the, if the carriers say, hey, we're done, it's, it's a problem. Um, HC, interesting points on shipping, never thought about it. The, yeah, the, the only reason I think about it is because uh, I have conversations with my, my reps at, at the carriers, and um, it's a real thing. Um, from their perspective, shipping fish is awful. It's because they've had bad experiences where boxes have just leaked water all over um, and it hurts their other customers. So, yep. Um, Lisa C. Dan, we used to ship chickens, chicks and hatching eggs. I felt the same way. Yep. Yep. Although the good thing about chicks and eggs and all that is um, – they'll never shut that down. That's too important to the economy. That's too important to our food sources. They've got to let Murray McMurray ship chicks all around the nation, right? Um, just because it's so important to how we eat. <laughs> you know, it's a big deal. But aquarium fish, what is that industry? Maybe two billion, maybe, maybe a little more. But um, if it's up to two billion, I would be, I'd be surprised. Um, whereas agriculture, that's, that's huge. So, yep. But yeah, Lisa, I, I feel you. Um, it's live animals, right? We care for them, but not just that. We have to care for the carriers. HC, nope, didn't get any eggs. They weren't full grown. Oh, I'm sorry, HC. We're, we're back to the South American killifish. Uh, Spectrolebius, I believe is what it, no, I forget which genus it was. But anyway, um, man, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you can get more that's a cool fish and I don't see him very often. In fact, I didn't even know what it was. I had to look it up. So, um, Matthew, what's up dude and dudettes. Hey, Matthew, welcome dudettes. I haven't heard that for a while, man. I've been out of California too long. Peter Thiel. Hi, Dan. Hi, Peter. Welcome. Meat man. I love Severums. I have a gold red spot turquoise and three red shoulder. Yep. They're beautiful. They're big. They're not very aggressive and they're just an impressive fish for sure. HC Aqua, great to know I can order from you. When you ship to Hawaii, do you ask the customer for the permit? Just want to know if I have to prep for it. Um, man, I've never, I'd have to remember. I haven't had a customer from Hawaii. It's been a while, HC. I'll have to look at that. Um, it's been a while. 
And I don't remember any permits. Oh, wait. Yeah, I do. I'll get back to you. Um, HC, if you, if you do the order, if you decide to go through with it, then um, I'll get in contact with you and, and we'll talk about that and figure all that out. Um, I know I have shipped to Hawaii those several times in the past, never had a problem, but it's been a while. So, um, but I do think I remember, yeah, the customer did send me a, a picture of the permit. Yeah. Again, let's, let's get into that though. If you do place an order, we'll, we'll figure all those details out. Um, Bob, in the coming months, when you stick with the fish you currently have in stock, or do you have some additional species in mind? Man, Bob, I've been trying to get a shipment in from Nigeria for a long time. Um, here's what happened. I had the shipment all planned, everything lined up, and then for some weird reason, the Denver um, Fish and Game Office wouldn't allow the shipment to come in um, through the agent that I've used that I use in Denver. So um, when I so what happened is I was like, well, that's not going to work. They said I could bring them in with my own import license, but I couldn't do it through the agent that I'd been using. So I decided, okay, great, I'll, I'll brush up the import license. Well, from everything I, all the information I had, it looked like it was gonna be about 90 days to get the import license done. And I didn't wanna be without fish for three months or more. So I went ahead and ordered the fish that I got in, which I love, they're awesome, thinking, well, it's gonna be forever before I can import the fish from Nigeria because I have to get an import license that'll clear. And lo and behold, the day after, I kid you not, the day after I ordered all the fish that are currently in the fish room, the import license cleared. So instead of three months, it was a couple days. So the, the one time the government's efficient, right? <laughs> Go figure. So now I'm in the situation where, um, I really want to get the fish from Nigeria. I've already paid for them. I really want to get them. There's a bunch of cool killifish. There's um, some cichlids that uh, are pretty uncommon. There's some tetras that you hardly ever see and uh, some ghost cats, just because I love ghost catfish. But several species of killifish, uh, several species of lamp eyes, and including Procatopus, which is one of my favorite geniuses of lamp eyes. And, um, also some aphiosimians, some epiplates, some really cool fish. But the problem is now I have all these fish. And so I have to clear them out before I can do that order from Nigeria. And I've just been so busy with work and with this uh, project I'm working on um, that I can't announce yet that I haven't put the effort in really trying to push sales. Um, so until I sell these, I don't have room for that other order. But as soon as I do, then I'm going to do my darndest to get that order from Nigeria in. Um, yep. So that answers that HC probably more than you wanted to know, um, <laughs> but that's where I'm at until these sell, I can't get more. And the reason is, um, it's not like I can just clear a couple tanks and then get a few. When you import fish, you have to import a lot. You have to import thousands of fish at a time. And that's the only way it's done. And so in order to uh, house all those fish, I need almost all the tanks cleared out. So once my plan is once the semester's done, um, I'm going to, you know, make sure that happens. But in the meantime, you know, I'll push sales and do all the fishmonger stuff in earnest. But, um, but until that happens, yeah. Uh, Bob, in the coming months, will you stick with, oh, wait, oh, that was Bob's question. Sorry. <laughs> there you go, Bob. That's the answer. Tilapia. I sold fish on marketplace, but now they don't allow animals. there. sad. Oh man, that is too bad. Um, yeah, I, I actually set up on my store. I set up a whole through, through the software I use the platform I use for my, my online store, Shopify. I set up an entire Facebook store um, and Facebook marketplace. And then like the last couple pages before it was all finalized, it, it showed restrictions. And one of the restrictions was live animals. So after all that work, 
I couldn't launch the Facebook marketplace after all, which kind of sucked. I wish <laughs> I wish the restrictions were the first thing mentioned. But yeah, yeah, Facebook is uh, shut that down. In fact, I think there's a real need right now for a place to sell uh, fish. We have Aquabit and that's fine. But man, that technology hasn't advanced since 1997 or whatever. Uh, it's pretty clunky. There's no point of sale. eBay lets you sell fish, which is great, but they lock you into uh, certain kinds of shipping. They're not very flexible on how you can ship fish. You can't decide how you want to do it. Um, and so, yeah, there's kind of a need right now for that, I think. Anyway, um, aqua uh, tilapia. I have fish shipping down. Took years, but now I got it. Yeah, it's definitely something you learn as you go. That's for sure. Um, but also check out, I mean, YouTube is a wealth of information these days. There's lots of videos on, on how to ship fish. So, um, you know, if you look at them and then kind of figure out, hey, this is what's going to work best for me, um, then you can come up with a good method pretty quick these days. But yeah, back when I started um, and probably when you started to tilapia, it was definitely learn as you go. Um, there wasn't a lot of information out there on it. Tilap uh, tropical fish success. Hey, well, hey, tropical fish success. Welcome. What do you get your oxygen? Um, where do you get your oxygen? You use for shipping. It's right here. It's this canister right here. Um, and I just get it from a welding supply company. It's, it's super pure. Um, it's used for welding. And I think to refill that bottle is like 25 bucks. I've had that bottle for a long time and I've never had to refill it. So that's what I use. Um, I am going to be phasing that out just because there is a certain amount of danger involved in having a canister of compressed oxygen in your basement. Um, so I am going to phase that out and I'm going to get an uh, O2 concentrating machine um, in the near future. But for now, I just use that canister and uh, welding supply stores. You know, don't, don't do medical grade. You don't need to pay that much. Uh, welding supply oxygen is pretty darn pure and it works just fine. Um, Mr. Sunmade. Now, I, that's quite the handle. <laughs> Mr. Sunmade. I think I said that right. Unless it's Mrs. Unmade. Could be, could be. How does breeding female guppies before they are full grown stunt their growth? Um, I'm not sure if it stunt is the word I would say, but it's just the energy that they put into breeding goes to growth if they're not breeding. But it's more than that, though. It's also just the males chasing them and kind of harassing them all the time. So my preference with live bearers is to separate the sexes, um, especially during grow out, because then you don't have that uh, sex drive getting in the way as much. And so the fish can be calmer, um, especially the females. I think they appreciate the break. And uh, just all that energy that would have been put into spawning or trying to avoid being spawned with can go into growth. So I don't know if it stunts their growth. Stunting means it's permanently um, affected. So if a fish is stunted, they're small and they'll never grow to their potential. I think that female guppies will grow to their po potential if they're bred. Um, I think it just takes longer. Um, Tilapia, yeah, the Facebook marketplace we were talking about. Aqua, have you ever watched The Blacklist? You kind of remind me of the main guy when you laugh. Like James Spader? Am I that cool? James Spader. I love The Blacklist. Um, I'm a big James Spader fan. And is a guy that uh, is immersed in the entertainment industry and entertainment is my job. Um, man, He's a hell of an actor on that show. I just think he's so fun to watch on that show. So I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> um, Q Aquatics. Hey, sorry I'm late. Welcome, Susie Q. Welcome, welcome. Aqua Apprentice. Hello, Q. Tropical Fish. Wow, thank you. Yes, you're welcome, Tropical Fish success. Um, Peter Thiel. Guppy breeders often say that half black females need to be hit before three months. Oh, Okay. That's good to know. I did not know that. I wonder if that's, 
Hunt, someone who knows live bears more than me, um, can you answer that this question? If a female goes without spawning long enough, will they never get pregnant? Um, I've never thought of that before. Peter, thanks for bringing that to my attention. I'd never thought of that. Um, that is good to know. I've, man, I've got some guppy females right now I want to breed that I better get going then. <laughs> if that's true, that that's true of other things too, and not just half black females. Um, that's an interesting question. If that applies to all guppies or all live bearers, or if that's just half black. But that's interesting, Peter. Thanks for thanks for saying that. Dang tanks. He got it from wedding supply. It's not as pure as medical, but does the job. Yeah, welding supply. Yep. Oh yeah, you got it. Um, okay, so Lumpy Dog, they held your message. Um, oh yeah, sex lies and videotape. Yep, another show. We can say that because that's the title of a, a a show, right? Aqua Apprentice, love James Spader as well. Yep, he's he's good, especially on the blacklist, man. Uh, Peter Thiel, IFGA discussion discusses that half black varieties are referred to as having the problem. That is interesting, and it's just half black. I wonder why. Like logically, it makes no sense when I think why would it just be that one strain? Um, why is their reproductive uh, cycle so different from any other guppy? That's that just blows my mind. Well, that's something to look into. Thanks, Peter. Um, I learned something today and I'm going to check that out. All right. We've been going for 46 minutes. We've reached the bottom of chat. So this is the point where I say um, I'm going to shut it down in a couple minutes. If anyone has any questions or comments that they want uh, to get out there, now's the time. We'll go uh, for a little longer and then shut it down because we've reached the bottom of chat and uh, I think things are petering out a little bit. And there's nothing worse than a live stream that struggles to go on <laughs> when it's really over, right? We've, we've all seen that. That's no fun. Um, Lumpy Dog, with the half black female guppies, it has to do with keeping the females looking half black. That's what I've heard. Peter, Stephen Quartier, a master guppy breeder, swears by this. Well, yeah, I, I don't doubt it. I'm it's not that I'm saying I don't believe it's true. I'm just wondering how it is that that one specific strain has that problem and the rest don't and stuff. So that's something I'm going to look into, Peter. Um, again, I, I, one of the reasons I like these live stream streams is every now and then someone brings up something that blows my mind, something I've never heard or never run into. And this is one of those moments. So it gives me something to research and learn later. So I appreciate it. And, um, if a masty, if, if a masty, <laughs> a nasty, masty, if a master guppy breeder says it, then um, he's probably got the experience to back it up. Yeah. Viola, darn missed you. Well, yeah, we're about to, <laughs> we're about to shut it down, Viola, but hey, you made it for the tail end and we'll post it up on YouTube a little later tonight so you can catch up. Um, keeping it crypto. Hey, Welcome. What's up, Dan? Roselines and Melanotania trifasciata are doing great, and we're feeding the same day I got them. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. That's great, Nicholas. That's that's awesome. Um, wait. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> i got to make sure that I have Nathan, not Nicholas. Sorry. Sorry, Nathan. <laughs> Sorry, man. Yeah. So um, I'm glad to hear that. Nathan and um, yeah, I hope they continue to, to do well. Viola, I'll have to rewatch. Yes, please do. Bob, thanks, Dan, for a great stream. Stream. I'll go back and watch what I missed by coming late. Good night. Well, good night, Bob. Um, Dink tanks. When separating eggs to a hatching container, would you fill it with the original tank water? I don't. Um, that could work, and I have. I mean, I have done that in the past, but it's not ideal. Um, what I found that works best is aged water that has never had a living organism in it. So if you fill up a bucket with some water from your tap, if you're using tap water, and you put some dechlorinator in it, and then you put an air stone in it and let it bubble for a day or so, that's what I would use. Just make sure that's the right temperature. Um, just so it's as clean as possible. 
the main issue we have with eggs, um, sometimes they can be infertile, but the main issue is bacteria uh, attacking them. We call it fungus, but it's bacteria. It's not really fungus. We call it that because it looks like this white stringy thing, kind of like mold or something like that. But the reality is it's bacteria. So the more you can do to have nice, clean water that's bacteria-free um, to incubate eggs, especially a sensitive species, then often the better. And, and if you add the hydrogen peroxide to that, um, that will, again, the whole purpose of that is to attack the bacteria. And I found that method works over and over with success on species that I won't have success with any other way, just because um, the bacteria, they're too sensitive, they're too prone to bacteria. And it's most common in species that come from softer water um, you know, the soft acidic water because their eggs are used to being in soft acidic water, which is pretty much bacteria free, but it works with other species as well. It works really well with rainbows, even if they come from harder water. So, so if possible, I would use fresh water that's been aged and aerated into temperature. Um, but if not, try it. Um, and if it works for you, if the tank water is working, great. You know, all right, um, Lumpy Dog. Hey, Dank Tanks, what's up? Um, yeah, you're welcome, Dank. Scout Town, yo, everyone. Hey, <laughs> Scout Town, you came right in time <laughs> to close us down. Scout Town is here so we can close the show, right? <laughs> Glad you're here. Um, we're gonna close it down now, though. Thanks, everyone, for a great stream. For those that just uh, came late, um, I'll post this up later tonight and get that up for everyone to see what they missed. Dink, they're just bristlenose eggs. Hopefully they'll be fine. I do know, I, if not, I know what to try next. Oh yeah, well with bristlenose, um, if you just, if you can, just keep them in with the parents um, and the parents will fan them and keep the water circulating enough that, that they'll oxygenate and they should be fine. Um, bristlenose eggs are tough. Um, I've seen bristlenose hatch and be raised in really, really dirty tanks without much problem. So you might not have a problem with that species. Um, and if you can let the parents raise them, it's, it's a lot easier. Um, I mean, if you need to separate them, fine, you know, that, that can work too, but they're, they're tough eggs. You'll probably be fine with that. Oh, have too many ram's horn. You might still be okay. I've seen a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of bristlenose be raised in tanks with a lot of snails in them, so you might be okay. But uh, you know, an experiment or two will tell, right? <laughs> Lumpy Dog, uh, thanks for the stream. Yes, the project will unveil eventually. See ya, everyone. Saying bye, HC. Everybody, thanks, thanks, thanks. Um, and. Have a great evening, everyone. Thanks for coming. We'll be here at the same bat time, same bat channel next week.